Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. We hope you'll discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. So I thought I'd set out this morning by taking you guys on one of my prayer walks. I live one mile from a lake and I have, that's the picture right there. And I have a little routine that I love to follow even in the winter. I actually bundle up, I grab my hat, my coat, my gloves, and most importantly, I grab my Uggs. And as I get into my steps, I walk two miles to and from the lake. Takes me about 40 minutes, because you know I don't rush. And as I walk, I pray. I connect most powerfully to God by being out in nature. There, there's just something about being in front of a lake where you're surrounded by trees that makes me uh, connect to God's uh, heart and open up my own heart to Him in a way that I don't feel anywhere else. So I thought it would be fun if I actually would take you with me today on my prayer walk. You guys want to come? All right, well, I have to warn you, though, my prayer is, or prayer is the language of the heart, and in my heart, that is in Espanol. You may be surprised to know I actually pray in Spanish. I'll translate for you as I go. Okay, you guys ready? All right, here's what I do. I start out with a breath prayer, all right? I say, Señor Jesús, soy yo, tu hija querida, Kaira Darel Montañez, la voy. Jesus, it's me, your daughter, Kaira Darel Montañez Lavoy. How many of you know you can't be Latino unless you have four names? Um, I pretty much repeat that three times until I ground myself and kind of settle my racing mind, because I don't know about you, but I, my mind can wander during prayer. And then for the first 10 minutes, I just give honor to God. I say, Jesus, te amo. Señor, toda la gloria, toda la honra, todo el honor que sea para ti en este momento. Jesus, I love you. I give you all of the honor and all of the praise and all of the glory. Nothing and no one can satisfy me like you. Lord, you are before all things. And in you, all things are held together, including me in this moment. And so I just thank you that you put breath in me this morning to spend time with you. God, you're so creative. There's so much beauty in this two-mile walk, including this sun. My goodness, Lord, I just thank you for feeling the sun on my face. Lord, you know how hard winter is for me. It just oh, it makes my heart be full of life because it reassures me spring is coming. And I thank you for the reminder that you are a God who brings dead things back to life, including inside of me. I thank you for the power of the resurrection. And I thank you for what Jesus did on the cross. Now, when I think about the cross, it just naturally, my heart just gravitates to thanksgiving. So I then spend time giving thanks to God for very specific things. So I'll say, Father, I just thank you for what's happening in my son Andy's life. He's reading, Lord. He's typing. Everything is clicking for him. And I just thank you. Father, I pray that you cover that boy right now in middle school and open his mind so that he can continue to learn. Lord, I thank you for my daughter, Gabby. I just thank you for what you're doing in her life as well. We got to serve together at Night to Shine. That was such a blessing to me. Thank you, Lord, for reminding her how capable she is, for giving her confidence 
to be able to sign up as a buddy. And I pray that you cover her in your grace too, Lord. Right now, as she's walking the hallways of middle school or high school, Lord, would you remind her that you haven't given her a spirit of fear or of, of anything like that, but a, a spirit of sound mind and of power. And God, I thank you for Jose. He's such a gift to me, Lord. I thank you for how you allow me to experience your grace through the way that he loves me in this season. Lord, would you be with him? Encourage him today. Strengthen him today. May he feel your pleasure and your love. And on and on I go, because I have a lot to thank God for, until somewhere around the halfway mark, where I start to share some of my concerns and the things that are in my mind right now. And in this season, it sounds a little like this. God, I, I'm full of sadness for my friend. She just lost her husband. Lord, be with her right now. God, I feel so helpless. I don't know how to love her well in this season, but would you remind her right now, wherever she is, that she is not alone. God, I'm concerned about this work project. We've been working so hard, and I don't know. I feel like we're not going to have what we need on time, and I feel a little out of my death. Would you actually help me? Would you give me wisdom? Would you increase my mind to trust that you are going to provide for our needs daily? And Lord, Andy has been sick for the past two weeks, Father, would you actually heal him? Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over my son's lungs right now. And by the time I'm done sharing all of my concerns, I'm almost home. So I finish my prayer walk by just spending the remaining time that I have in silence. So for the rest of my walk, all I say is, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It's not just a one-sided conversation, you know. I want to hear from God, too. I, I want to hear what he has to say about all of the things that are in my heart and on my mind. And I can only do that if I quiet my mind and I listen to his voice. And last week, I was talking to God about a certain frustration that I've been experiencing because I've been praying about something and nothing happens, or at least it feels like nothing is moving. And I said, Lord, I just need you to move this for me. And you know what I felt? his spirit impress upon me. Kyra, what feels like a lack of intervention to you in this moment is not a sign of my lack of affection for you. It's just that I love you way too much to answer your prayers at any other time than the right time. And it was such a powerful impression that I actually went home and I wrote that in my journal so that I wouldn't forget. And can I tell you, by the time that I get home, I feel so much lighter. I am so much freer. I feel so much more loved. And here's what I've discovered over the course of my many prayer walks in this season. I realize the more that I pray, the more that I have to pray about. And I am ready to face the day without feeling anxious or without feeling rushed. I'm actually open to seeing what comes my way as an opportunity instead of a personal inconvenience. Now I'm gonna put my shoes back on because you know, I don't know if you guys know that, the higher the heels, the bigger the anointing. This is where the true X factor comes into play. But as I put on my shoes, I can't help but wonder and ask you, how do you actually connect most powerfully to God? How do you actually spend time in dedicated prayer, in a dedicated place with Jesus? Because the thing that we actually have to realize is that as Christians, do you actually know that the Bible commands us to pray? In 1 Thessalonians, we actually see Scripture command Christians to rejoice always, 
to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's only through prayer that we can lay hold of God's promises. It's why the Bible says, you do not have because you do not ask God. In other words, if you need something, even if God knows that you need it, you need to ask him for it. It's why prayer is foundational for a life with God. If you wanna hear God speak, you need to hear, you need to pray. If you wanna feel God's love, you need to pray. If you need divine guidance for a decision that you're facing, you need to pray. If you want a different job, you need to be asking for it in prayer. If you wanna get married, if you wanna buy a home, get out of debt, even go on vacation, prayer is how you access these blessings. Because here's what's happened in prayer. God's sovereignty meets our obedience and both things mysteriously converge in a way that we can't fully explain, but is very real. The other thing that you have to keep in mind is you can't have a relationship with someone if you don't talk to them. Guys, how many of you would still be married or have a best friend or connect with your kids if you never talk to them or if you talk to them once in a blue moon? I mean, you cannot grow in intimacy if you don't spend time talking to God. That's what prayer is, by the way. Prayer is communication with God. You talk to your Father in heaven. You give him praise. You confess your sin. You thank him. And then you ask him for your needs and desires. The last thing I'll tell you about prayer is that prayer is how we commune with our Creator. When we pray, oh, we are in engaging in loving fellowship with the maker of heaven and earth, the Father who so graciously invites all of us into a close relationship with him through the person and work of Jesus. So make no mistake, this is why Jesus himself prayed. He was in constant communion with his Father. He spent his days communicating with him. Prayer was central to Jesus' life. And if Jesus Christ, the SOG himself, the Son of God, needed to spend time in prayer, then how much more do we need to pray? Now, last week, Pastor Tim taught us you can't experience the promises of God without the practices of Jesus. And I know it's true that we all want to hear God's voice and we all want to experience his presence to start the day, but there's a problem here, isn't it? We live in a world of distraction. And distraction is the enemy of devotion. We spend more time every morning listening to the voices of the world than we do the voice of God. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about today, how to move from a world of distraction to the way of devotion. Because did you know that Jesus made a habit of daily prayer? He spent daily time in communion with and devotion to his Father in heaven. In fact, Jesus' daily devotion time was recorded in Mark chapter one. So I want us to read this together in one big loud voice. Here we go. And by the way, as we do, can you compare how you actually start your own morning as you read how Jesus started his? All right, here we go. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus what? Got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he, what's the word, church? Prayed. Can I ask, how do you start your morning? First thing when you wake up, do you open your Bible? 
Do you actually scroll on your phone or you read the news, maybe check some sports scores, maybe scroll on social, or do you get up, go off to a solitary place and pray? Now I opened my message giving you a little sneak peek into my prayer life. And in this verse, what we're getting is a sneak peek of Jesus's prayer life. It says that Jesus got up, he left the house, he went off to a solitary place, in other words, by himself, where he prayed. Jesus was devoted. Understand every morning he spent dedicated time every day talking to his father. Now you may be thinking, well, of course he did. He's Jesus. Of course his prayer life is great. He's got plenty of time. He didn't have emails and texts and work crying out for his attention. Kids that woke him up in the middle of the day or the night. Not so fast. Let me give you some context so that you actually understand what is happening at this point in time. Because Jesus' ministry is taking off. He's in Capernaum with his disciples. The day before, Jesus was teaching in synagogues. He was casting out demons. He was healing sick people which made him pretty famous throughout the region of Galilee. And more and more people were coming to him with their needs. And when he finally finishes teaching, after a long day of work, he heads home. And look at what happens. It says that as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the house of Simon and Andrew. And Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, he took her hand, and he helped her up. The fever left her, and he began, or she began, to wait on them. Understand, Jesus has had a very full day of ministry up to this point. Now he goes to the house of his disciple. I would like to think he's going to rest and relax. But now Simon's mother-in-law is sick, so he heals her. And I think that actually made even more people take notice because Mark goes on to say that that evening, in other words, that same night after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and the demon possessed. And the whole town, the whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. Understand, word has gotten out. Jesus has been helping people all day and now it's night and more people are coming they are lining up it's the sick it's the demon possessed it's the diseased they're carrying their requests to dr jesus who's the great physician and all of these people they're rushing in and everyone is demanding jesus's attention and jesus's time and what does he do instead of staying up late or even getting up earlier so that he can start doing more jesus actually retreats to be alone, to pray to his father. Let's read it again. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You think life is busy for you? Life was busy for Jesus. And Jesus had a choice to either choose what felt urgent or choose what was important. And friends, you and I have the same choice today. Understand right now, there is a battle being fought for your attention and your devotion. Just like Jesus, our lives right now are full of demands. Life is very busy. We have jobs, classes, homework, housework, yard work, kids, church, health problems, car problems, home repairs, accidents, traffic, appointments. And oh yes, we also have to eat and sleep too. Anybody else feel exhausted already? 
We too have to make a choice every single day. Are we going to choose to be distracted by what feels urgent or are we gonna choose what's important? And here's where the rubber meets the road. Because so often I'll hear people tell me, Kyra, I want to pray more. I believe in prayer, but I don't have time to pray because life is busy. I'm too busy to pray. And if you feel that way, I want to give you a gentle but very true warning. You have time for what you choose to have time for. Understand, we are living in an age of digital distraction. And the enemy of your soul, oh, he wants to keep you separated from the power that God gives you during your time with him. So he will do anything in his power to distract you. You don't believe me? Let me show you. Everybody go ahead right now and take out your phone in church. That's right. I'm giving you permission. Everybody go ahead right now. Take out your phone. Hold it up in the air like you just don't care. Can I ask you a question? Do you guys know how many times the average person will unlock their phone each day? Throw out some numbers to me. What do you guys say? 80 times a day. You just added one more pickup. Do you know what that, don't put your phones down. I didn't say that you could put them down, keep them up. Do you know what that works out to, people? That equals checking your phone every 11 minutes and 15 seconds. That means you'll be consulting this glossy little rectangle nearly 30,000 times over the coming year. Congratulations, you have a new appendage. Never before in human history have we ever seen a generation have such a dependency on digital device. Your phone, oh, they're your BFF. It's your trusty sidekick. It is your teacher, your secretary, your confessor, your note taker. The two of you are inseparable. I mean, just think about the last time you couldn't find your phone and the anxiety that you felt. So why don't we attempt a miracle at church? You guys ready? Let's do a miracle right now. Try to put your phone down and resist picking it up until the next 11 minutes, all right? Now, what's distracting us? Social media, streaming services, and games. Guys, how many of you have social media? I have it, that's a picture of my own social media. I love it, all right? Did you know that the average person on social media spend 706 hours per year on social media? The good news is that you are a lot younger and you're above average, all right? I like to keep young myself, so I'm also above average. You spend more time, more than 706 hours per year. Now, how much time is that? Well, to really understand, I like to do comparisons. So a traditional workday is usually about eight hours. If you divide 706 hours on social media by a traditional workday, you get four and a half months of working hours that people spend on social media. That's crazy. Can we go to streaming services? Think Netflix, Prime, Hulu, Paramount Plus. On average, gosh, people spend over 2,700 hours per year binge watching the latest episode of Yellowstone, Griselda, or my Colombiano side, Ted Lasso, Jack Reacher. The last one I'll highlight is games. And so I have to pick on the men for a little bit. 
All right, if you're a gentleman, would you raise your hand? Some of you are like, I can't right now because I'm playing Subway Surfer. Guys, I am going to pick on you, but I want you to know I grew up this way too, all right? I grew up in the more classic era of video games, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, Frogger. If you don't know what that is, you probably will not like it. And I have many memories of going to a video arcade, back when there was such a thing, and playing video games. But I just have to say, nowadays, the average male, by the time that he is 21 years old, will have spent 10,000 hours per year playing video games or games on their phone. What can you do with 10,000 hours, you ask? Well, if you're an average reader, you can read about 2,000 books. Another thing that you can do with 10,000 hours, you can complete your undergraduate and your graduate degree. You can read and memorize the New Testament. You can get your pilot's license. You can become a concert pianist. You get the idea, right? What's my point? You have time for what you choose to have time for. And the more that our lives revolve around our cell phones, the easier that we become distracted, the harder it is to pay attention. And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Your mind is racing. Your brain is buzzing. You have attention atrophy. And if that describes you, you're not alone. Check this out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, hang on one second. Oh, let me call you back. I gotta do a TV thing. Does it ever seem like something is going on with our attention spans? Amazing. I mean, the world's number one most downloaded app is TikTok, an infinite stream of very short video clips. Newspaper articles are getting shorter, and they tell you how much time you'll need to read them. And the average length of a shot in a movie is now under five seconds. We're always holding another device. Like, if you're watching, Something, I feel like everyone always has their phone next to them or makes after. Me so sad. These days, multitasking while you're tasking is the norm among young people. Just ask counselor Lauren Barnett and her daughters, Zoe and Sasha. My roommates would all be like doing work on their computers, watching TV, but also on their phones, texting people. <laughs> I have a short attention span. You hate long classes? Yeah, I can't sit in long classes. I think I'm can't just... sit at long meals? Yeah. Where are your phones right now? Over there somewhere. Is there any cell in your body that's like, as soon as this is over, I'm going <laughs> to go right over and... Every cell. <laughs> Guys, we are living in digital Babylon. Do you know, there are now more cell phones than toilets in the world. Did you catch that? There are now more cell phones than toilets in the world. Do you know what that means? That means we have more crap being pumped into our heads than being pumped out of our house, all right? And it is important. <laughs> it is impacting us spiritually. Daily distraction. It is hurting our ability to listen to the Holy Spirit, to focus on God's word, to be still, to pray, to be able to meditate, and most of all, to be able to hear God's voice. So what's the solution? How do we move from a world of distraction to the way of devotion. 
Again, if you want the promises of God, you need the practices of Jesus. What did Jesus do? Well, I'll tell you what he didn't do was he didn't start out his morning with his phone. All right, he actually got up, he found a dedicated place, and he had daily devotions. He prayed, he read scripture so that he could start the day listening to his Abba's voice. And he did this very consistently. Because here's the key, guys. All throughout scripture, we actually can get a glimpse of Jesus' robust prayer life with his Father. All throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus prayed regularly. Luke 5 actually tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. And the key word there is often because it means Jesus prayed consistently, regularly. It was part of his worldview. It was integrated into every aspect of his life. Jesus also prayed alone. That's what the verse of today reminds us of. Remember, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place to pray. Jesus understood. Not only did he need to spend one-on-one time with his Abba, he also needed a dedicated place. So I wonder, where do you go to pray? Do you have a sunroom, a living room, an office? Because to be devoted, you need a dedicated space or place. Jesus prayed for other people. In Matthew 19, we read that the little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And what's the word, church? Pray for them. Jesus also prayed with people. He knew the value of praying for people and with people. In Luke 9, we see that Jesus took Peter, John, James up with him into a mountain where they went to pray. Guys, Jesus knew the value of praying partners. And you know what else Jesus did? He actually prayed as a sprinter, meaning short prayers, and as a marathon runner, meaning longer prayers. He knew how to dedicate long periods of time to prayer, but he also knew how to offer up shorter prayers, like a sprint, which is why in Luke 6, we actually read one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. That's a marathon of a prayer, right? And I get it. You're probably like, he spent the whole night prayer, praying? I can't even concentrate for three minutes. I just want to normalize it. It's okay. Distraction is normal to a life of devotion. So can I just challenge you to start wherever you are? In fact, Jesus' disciples weren't quite sure how to cultivate a life of prayer either, which is why the Bible tells us that one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. In other words, the disciples watched Jesus praying, and the way that he leaned in, and the way that he listened, the way that he communicated with his father, it actually caught their attention, which is why they say, Jesus, we're not like you. You pray different. Teach us how to pray like that. And so Jesus taught them the Lord's Prayer. Some of you know it. Why don't we read it together uh, here in Matthew? We're going to read Matthew's version, all right? Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Can I tell you? The Lord's Prayer is actually a great place to start 
your daily devotions in the morning. It is the perfect prayer that Jesus taught us. Notice first, God invites you to call him Father. We start the prayer by saying, Our Father in heaven. In other words, he's your Abba. He's your Daddy. God is not the religious police. All right? He's not the cosmic cop in the sky. He's not waiting to smack you if you step out of line. No, Jesus actually used the Aramaic word Abba or Daddy. It's, it's warm. It's intimate. It's, it's a term that reveals God's love for us. Your Father loves you. He wants the best for you. And you know what? He's overjoyed when you make time with him first thing in the morning. And so just so there's no confusion with our earthly fathers, Jesus makes an important distinction here because he calls God our father in heaven because Jesus wants you to know he is very different. God the father is unlike any other father that you know. No other father understands like him, forgives like him, and frees like him. And then he goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Whose will? My will? Uh-uh. God, your will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Ooh, that's hard to pray. The next step is surrender. Understand this is the opposite of what a self-absorbed culture would like to tell us. In prayer, we don't first tell God what we want. We surrender our desires for his. It's all about what God wants for you. It's not saying, Father, it's not my will that's important, or it's not my will, it's not your will that's important, it's mine. It's actually the opposite. This is a prayer of surrender, not self-centeredness, but self-sacrifice. Then Jesus goes on to say, give us today our daily bread. Guys, this is a request for spiritual nourishment. That's you saying, God, before I feed my mind with the world's crumbs, I crave your word. This is my daily bread. God's word is food for your soul. You always pair prayer with Bible reading because that's how you know that you're listening to God's voice and not your own. If you don't know where to start reading the Bible, we have a special gift for you this Lent, by the way. I'm going to share that in a minute. And then we get to the heart of Jesus' prayer, which is confession. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, I've heard some people say they don't like this part of the prayer because it means they have to admit they did something wrong. And then they feel bad about themselves. But can I just set the record straight? Repentance is not a bad word. It's one of the greatest words that God has ever given us because what God is saying to us is that we can come to him with our greatest failures and he's not gonna crush us, he's gonna forgive us. Repentance is so key, it's at the heart of the Lord's prayer because when you repent, you know what happens inside of you? It breaks the cycle inside of you. And when you forgive other people, it breaks the cycle between you and them. So you need to repent daily, friends. This is about starting the day with a clean slate, not a guilty conscience, no condemnation. So many of us carry around guilt and hurt, things that we've done, things that have been done to us. And what Jesus is saying here is, I want you to check that baggage with me first thing every morning. Father, forgive my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. And then here's the last piece. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
I'd like to propose an update in 2024. Lead us not into distraction and deliver us from our screens. The next time that you're tempted to reach for your phone, to look at sites that you know you shouldn't be looking at, to waste an hour with the world instead of investing it with God, I want you to practice this prayer because only God can give you the strength to resist your flesh and defeat the enemy. Run to Jesus and pray this prayer. This is the way, the way of daily devotion, the, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples that teaches you and me to pray. That's what we need to be praying first thing every day. Okay, now remember when I said that I had a special gift to give you for Lent? If you are new to Liquid, we have a vision at Liquid where we want to turn our phones from a tool of distraction into a tool of discipleship. So if you're used to reaching for your phone to start your day, we're going to redeem your screen for the next six weeks. All right, for the next 40 days, we are going to read the Gospels together as one church and pray every day. In fact, this winter, our team spent time reading through the Gospels of Mark and Luke, and we recorded each chapter in an audio devotional format. So it's people like Pastor Tim, myself, Pastor Todd, Pastor Corey. They all spent time reading one chapter every day. We put it on your phone so that you can listen to on the Liquid mobile app. So for the next 40 days of Lent, starting tomorrow, we're going to read the Gospels together for our daily devotional time. And then I want to invite you to reflect on what you heard at the end of each day's reading. And then we end in prayer. And I invite you to do so too. So I thought it would be fun to give you guys a little sneak peek. You want to hear what I'm talking about? You want to hear how it sounds? I'm going to let you listen for a few seconds to our first devotional. This is the introduction to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. It's read by Pastor Tim. Enjoy. Now, each biographer paints their own unique portrait of Jesus, his action-packed ministry of teaching and healing, loving his friends, and dying for his enemies. Mark's gospel is unique in that it's full of action and mystery. There's drama and color. Uh, Mark puts a special focus on the active works of Jesus, and you're going to hear how the story moves quickly from one event to the next. Now, as we read from chapter one today, I want you to listen carefully for all that Jesus says and does. Let's jump in and read Mark's gospel from the New Living Translation. Pretty good, right? Guys, we are going to read each chapter together. I want you to know every audio devotional is eight to ten minutes long. But this is a great way for you to ground yourself in God's word to start the day. We're going to follow Jesus as he teaches his disciples. He shares meals with people. He performs miracles all the way to the cross and his resurrection on Easter. And here's the cool part. We have made your daily devotionals portable. Remember, Jesus got up early. He left the house. He went off to spend time with God. You can do that too. Guys, you can read the gospel with us while you work, while you're out at the gym, while you travel on your commute, you clean your house, you go on a walk as you do some errands. All I need you to know is it starts tomorrow and we've made it super simple for you. We have made it available in two places. You can either join us in the Liquid app, listen to each day's gospel reading as part of your daily habits, or you can receive each day's devotional via text message. So all you need to subscribe is text GOSPEL to 85737. Now this Lent, we want you to read and listen to the Gospels with Liquid Church. We're going to spend the next 40 days doing this together just in time for Easter. Want to take some of those mindless hours that we wasted scrolling on social media or binge watching shows, and we want to redeem our screens instead and spend some time with Jesus. 
Guys, if you want to be followers of the way, then you need to pray. For some of you who may be new to Christianity, this is the perfect next step for you. Maybe you've never prayed before. Maybe you've never read the Bible. If that's you, download our app right now. Start with us tomorrow. For some others of you, you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. Can I challenge you to get out of your comfort zone? Don't settle for reading a Bible verse here and there, praying for a few minutes and calling it a day. Instead, I want you to read and listen to a full chapter of the Bible every day. Reflect on the question that we give you at the end of each reading so that you can actually let the word be sealed in your heart and then pray at the end over what the Lord spoke to you about. Remember, our mission, and I hope everyone accepts it, is to move from a world of distraction to the way of devotion. And that's how I want to end our time together today. I want to be ending our time by praying our Father. Notice Jesus taught his disciples to pray in community. This Lent, we're getting in community. We're gathering in small groups and we're reading God's word, the gospels together. So I thought what better way to close a message on prayer than by praying together. So at all of our campuses, would you stand with me? Would you stand up right where you are? We're gonna commit these next six weeks to our Father. So can I invite you, put our hands out in this way, and I want to invite you to pray out loud the way Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for the example that we have in Jesus. Lord, I pray today that you would increase our passion, our discipline, our consistency to spend daily time with you. I pray for the thousands of men, women, and children that are going to be reading the Gospels with us this Lent season. Would you actually capture their hearts? Speak to them, Lord. Challenge them where they need to be challenged. Encourage where they need to be encouraged. Give wisdom in decisions that they're making through what they're going to be reading and what you're going to be talking to them about. I just thank you, Lord, for the person of Jesus Christ who calls us to be imitators of him and to walk in love. And so I pray for all the people under the sound of my voice. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.